Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show, folks. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We're the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. On the Voice of Truth Radio Show, we'll be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, and current events from a biblical perspective. Tune in, folks, 5 o'clock on Thursday. 3 o'clock on Saturday, podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Ah, thanks, folks, for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Pastor Leversey, how are you doing? It's good to be back. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been, uh, we haven't done a live show in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. It's been a big break for us. (laughs) (laughs) So I started a session two weeks ago in Charleston, so I'm in Charleston every day, uh, except for weekends. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I we, we we and that's when we record in the week uh, during the weekday, yep. and so I'm not here. We, we've got to do the phone thing. We kind of thought, nah, it just doesn't gonna... have the same sound. It and doesn't... then plus, you know, there's just that vibe when you're you know with somebody in person that you can yeah. play off of. So. There's something awkward. Even when Rush Limbaugh would call into his own show, I thought, ah, it <laughs> doesn't work. It's just something. It's kind of like preaching to an empty. Uh, an empty congregation, you, you know, done, into a camera. That? That's kind of what it feels like. I think during COVID, you got a lot of practice on yeah. that. But um, anyway, we're we're uh, excited to be back in the saddle. Uh, yeah, I start missing it. I do. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy uh, the microphone, and it's a blessing from God to be able to to just to talk into a microphone. And it's a great way to exercise your right to to speak. I, I mean, I, I believe the Bible gives us certain direction for when we should speak and maybe when we should hold our tongue. But if there's ever a time that uh, we need to be speaking out about truth, and that's why I like the name of our show so much, Voice of Truth, mm. is is now. And we need people to join us in that voice. And so we hope that our listeners will communicate with us, maybe things that they'd like to hear and call in from time to time, let us know what they think of the show and, and how we can be a blessing to them as well. You know, people are uh, starting to speak up yep. and have been for the last couple of years. This pandemic thing, I think, has wake, woken up uh, just uh, Americans who've been asleep mm. and uh, given rise to patriotism. I believe the church has, in many aspects, has Reengaged the culture yep. and uh, bringing the uh, the Bible and, and godliness back into the culture, standing up mm-hmm. and speaking up, like you just said, and that's that's not always easy. Uh, you know, uh, we 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 uh, saying something or going to a, 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 a an event of some kind, patriotic or whatever, mm-hmm. takes some courage. Absolutely, going to a church where the Bible is preached takes some courage. Mm. It does. Where do you go to church? Well, uh, you know, um, some folks are afraid to admit where they go to church. Well, I'm not. I go to Fellowship Baptist Church in Vienna, and we hear uh, uh, Bible-founded, biblio-centric preaching Mm. that that you get from the pulpit, and uh, 
that's the answer. That's that's what we need yep. in in culture. It was uh, we need the we need the Lord. So, but I was I don't know if you're watching this this uh, big event in Canada. I thought yeah, I thought Canada man, they're gone. They're they're like you know. You, the people some bear, will look, some bear has been poked. Some bear, <laughs> right. I mean, that, that trucker thing is just it's amazing. blows your mind. Yeah. I don't know how that all came about. I don't know who organized it. I don't know when they're all in their park, where they go to the restroom. Mm. I don't know how yeah. all that works. I don't think they care either. I guess <laughs> they have kidding. something in the truck. But anyway, they're in there. They're, I just saw a few pictures, so I don't I don't understand the whole layout, but uh, but tens of thousands of trucks is that yeah is that accurate? It's it's amazing how many people are involved in this. And, and they're 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 upset, and they are very well articulating their positions too. I mean, uh, there was a there was a man involved in the movement that was on I think a Tucker Carlson episode a night or two ago, and he was speaking about the issues they're dealing with and and how these restrictions are just decimating their their businesses and their their livelihoods wow. and everything and. Yeah. Boy, he did such a good job. It was uh, it was amazing to listen to. It's amazing, also the people that we elect in office. And Trudeau is such a leftist up there, uh, but it's it's so encouraging to see to see people rising up. And there was a there was a uh, rally in D.C. like thirty thousand yeah. people. Well, uh, the restaurants can't even free- function. You get, they got to have this passport they show everywhere, and people are are purposefully driving out of the way to eat outside of Washington, D.C. now. It's killing the businesses downtown. Yes, of course. And and we can't get people to work. We had a committee meeting, uh, uh, Workforce West Virginia, which helps people that are laid off or whatever, and the head of that, who, who did a great job during the pandemic. So many people needed uh, some, some kind of a, a help mm-hmm. when they were laid off, not working, during the pandemic, and every time, about everyone on the committee said the same thing when they asked this gentleman, a guy named Scott Atkins, who's head of it, to say, you know, you did a fantastic job uh, just taking care of people that needed hmm. some some help, you know. And he was always on it, always, uh, you know, people call me, I can't get my, I can't get these things worked out, and we'd call Scott, and he was on it. But uh, I asked him, what, you know, I can't get, I can't get a, a solid answer uh, I, I think I know intuitively, but uh, not completely. But uh, where are all the employees? Right. We talked about this uh, when we were on the show last. Where Where did they all go? Why Why all of this is very sudden and yeah. abrupt. This yeah. isn't something that gradually took place over the mm-hmm. last decade. Suddenly, we can't find people to fill jobs. Yeah. We have too many jobs for, uh, you know, we have the lowest unemployment in West Virginia ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh, you can you can go to Hobby Lobby make fifteen an hour. I think there's some fast food places you can make fifteen That's an hour. Right. Uh, I see the signs all over the place. Yeah, so I'm leaving here going to Burger King, That's right. flip some burgers. It'd be good for my humility. That's right. I'm pro humility and other people. Me, I'm not so much. I don't know. Yep. But uh, but uh, it's it's. Well, it's, there's so much crazy stuff going on just from a I don't know just from a societal standpoint. You saw. I don't know if you watched the news um, over the week or how much time you've had to connect with the the media, but man, I'm telling you what these these flights that have been taking place in the night to drop off illegal immigrants in various different yeah. city hubs and the kind of the secrecy of all of this, and and then you find that people uh, aren't aren't working, and then you find that um, 
they've got tracking systems on your phone that when you're crossing the border into Canada, this was these truckers that were talking last night, um, and they went to go show their passport to the people at the Canadian border, and they said, we don't need to see your passport. It's already pulled up from your phone. We've been able to read it and see who you are and what you have done before he even pulled out his phone to show it to him. And he said that the same systems communication companies or, or institutions we're, we're contacting our government to kind of have the same type of technology in these places where they're pushing the passport mandate. So just a lot of crazy societal yeah. things that just yeah. don't make sense out there right that's, now. Um, that's so Orwellian, and uh, we just seem to be going. Uh, inertia is just mm. pushing in that way, the providence of God, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's obviously uh, you know God's in control of everything, mm-hmm. and it just seems like there's there's no stopping it you know yeah i i, I bought a book uh, a couple of weeks ago i started reading it um called 10 ways your phone is changing you hmm. and um it's made me uncomfortable yeah. so far i think sure <laughs> yeah but i i knew i needed to read it because i'm on my i'm on my phone wasting too much time too often mm. you know I'm a, I'm a reader i read books but i don't read nearly as much as i did before i got my phone right you know i don't and um uh so so um these these this technology that were that we, and and they manipulate you now and so apple's coming out with an emoji did you see yeah, this pregnant man a pregnant man now which is, of course is a a pair a uh an impossibility, an absurdity, but uh, but the woke culture wants to push that on us. I've mm-hmm. seen the picture of it. He's got a smile on his face, and he's obviously it's obviously a female mm-hmm. because a man biologically it's impossible. You have to right. say this today. Biologically, it's impossible right. for a man to have a baby, right? Right. But but uh, you, uh, to say that takes courage. Now also, it's amazing. It is amazing. So. Uh, there's a there's a lot <laughs> a lot to do in the culture um, and and uh, anything that that we do we need the Lord yeah. we need the Lord and uh, so you know I, I'm not I'm not a super spiritual guy I, I could be way better than I am but one thing that I do um, make sure I do and uh, is is in the mornings I get up pretty pretty early in Charleston and I I read my Bible yeah. and spend my I want to know uh, you know. I want that time in in the Word because yeah. I want truth in me. I want the Lord, you know, blessing me. And and uh, uh, so, you know, I need to confess my sin. I need yeah. to praise God. I need to ask for wisdom. I need to, to you know, I think of you often when I, I read Scripture because there, there's oh, I a Scripture. I think, what hmm. would pastor would say with, about <laughs> this? Because I'm in uh, where Ezekiel uh, last week, I think. But uh Suggest everyone, no, Leviticus, one, one of the two, I forget, but <clears throat> people shy away from the Old Testament. They do. Nobody wants to read Leviticus, no. but there is there is wonderful stuff. Now, yeah. you have to get through the chronologies and all right. that, but it was a wonderful, wonderful foundation stuff. of societal law there. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everything was just for the Jews at the time, and it was some strange thing to delineate them as the people of God. A lot of that still carries over to what we you know, have in place for our laws today because it just referenced the truth about who man was and the truth about who God was and how man was to behave with each other and how man was to behave toward God and then how God would bless them yeah. if they did it. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's basic fundamental truth for our society. I sit, uh, there's a there's a, 
a, a gal she's, uh, who just got appointed to the Senate from Eastern Panhandle. She teaches at uh, Shepherd College. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, no, this is not going to be helpful. So <laughs> whenever I do that, the Lord shows me something. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to her, and this gal's growing on me. Because she's got, she's a, you know, diminutive little gal, and she's, she's you know, not, uh, she's inoffensive, and, and uh, uh, she's not like me. She's not a <laughs> boorish and all. But she's, uh, so I'm sitting next, I happen to be sit, sitting next to her in uh, education committee, yeah, education committee. So that meets twice a week. So I'm sitting next to her, and I'm carrying around this book that I forgot to bring with me that I'm talking about in the next uh, segment about uh, uh, natural law. Hmm. And um, this, this uh, bill that I, that I entered, that I submitted, uh, that I got the idea from this book. And so she said, I want to ask you about this book. She catches me somewhere in the, in the chamber or something like that. I want to ask you about th- that book. And turns out she's Jewish. Wow. Her last name's Geffen. Hmm. And we started talking about Old Testament law. And so she's agreeing with me on this stuff. Now, she's a, she's a hippie, for, former hippie <laughs> teacher at Shepherd College, Eastern Panhandle. That's where the fruits mm-hmm. and nuts are. That's the California of West Virginia. <laughs> and, and we're talking uh, on the same wavelength about Old Testament law. Wow. And ironically, she's got seven kids. And she's pro-life, so wow. she's kind of a uh, an anomaly, uh, an, an aberration of sorts in uh, in the Democrat Party now. And um, but uh, uh, she's Jewish, and that's that that connection there, that DNA straight to Abraham, yep. that that is uh, uh, expressed in the Old Testament. She's on board there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was an interesting thing. So we'll uh, we'll finish up. Uh, with this segment, I do want to bring up first, if, if uh, don't let me forget, Pastor, I'm um, easy to forget. I, I do want to talk about this bill that I introduced because I got, uh, WSAZ uh, had an interest in it, and I did it. They, they called me yesterday, and they said, hey, yeah, I saw this bill you introduced. Can you do an interview? So I did this interview yesterday before I came home. On uh, uh, Yesterday was just Friday, the... I don't know what day you folks are listening on Thursday. So this, yeah. So we're, we're on Saturday, but um, um, so it's interesting. It's a fascinating thing. The Bible can't help but be fascinating. Yeah, that's right. And that's it's why the devil relevant. doesn't want people to read it. It <laughs> right. is it is impossible not to 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 be affected by it because mm. it's God's word. Yeah. Amen to that yep. preacher you are. And we're going to talk about um, I'm going to you know I'm going to be a little bit uh uh, uh selfish in in the, some of these shows that we're doing throughout the session just because I want to bring out what's going on in Charleston. What are the legislators yes. doing? What are we uh what, what am, you know what am I doing personally? Um because uh, I always feel an accountability to the people. Am mm. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always frustrated, frustrated with myself. Am I, am I doing enough? I should be doing more. I should be. <clears throat> so um, I've got some bills that I do want to just tell folks that, that I'm uh, working on. I've uh, or uh, I've submitted, and I'll tell you a little bit how the, all that works. But uh, so we're going to talk next about um, Yunkin. 
governor of Virginia, the new guy down there. I got a bill idea from him. And then we're going to talk about uh, the collapse of the family, hmm. the collapse of the family, some uh, intellectual takeout article. All right, folks. Buckle your seatbelt. We're going to have some fun today. You're listening to The Voice of Truth Radio with Mike Azinger and Brian Leversey. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Voice of Truth Radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey, my co-host, and we're back in the saddle after being out of the saddle a couple of weeks. Yep. What do you do when you're out of the saddle? You just uh, I don't know. Eat hang some, around, the, eat some beans, yeah. get around the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, I watched a, enough uh, Ponderosa and Gunsmoke and all that growing up. I should know. Right? Yeah. Well, you throw that lingo around very comfortably. You well, know, thank like, you. I, I, I'm uh, something I'm very proud of actually. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk a little bit. I want to explain this bill that I introduced. Um, so the bill says, and I got it from a book, a book called Written on the Heart, The Case for Natural Law. And we talk about natural law yeah. in here. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, natural law just, is just basically where, uh, where our law comes from. It's the, the law, you know the phrase, the, law of, the laws of nature and nature's God yeah. in the Declaration of Independence. Is that just a phrase? No, that's a phrase that everybody understood in the founding era because past uh, preachers taught it, and it comes from uh, – uh, Romans 1, which mm-hmm. you uh, brought up once, it comes from uh, Romans 1, and, that's, and that is basically the natural law is the, the law of uh, the laws of nature and nature's God, the laws of nature being conscience and creation, mm-hmm. the laws God wrote on our hearts, the, God, the laws that God embeds into nature. Yeah. Uh, you can go to any country in the world, anywhere in the world, and everybody will understand that it is wrong to kill. It's wrong to commit adultery. It's lie, cheat, steal, all that. We understand in- intuitively mm-hmm. in our hearts, because God put it there, no matter where you are, even if you're not taught the Bible, we understand as human beings that it's wrong. Yeah. Okay, so that's the laws of nature, and nature's God is simply the Word of God. So God puts the laws of nature in our heart. He puts the laws of nature in creation. But mm. for, for, for better, clearer, more comprehensive explanation, mm. he gives us the word of God. Yeah. Okay? So, um, and you might have uh, uh, better comments on that. Well, one thing also. I will say about it is th- this is a neat way to think about it. When, uh, when we think of creation, we think of how God created things. And the Bible says he spake and it was done. Uh, the breath of God is referred to as inspiration in Scripture, the breath of God. Right. And so God spoke, he breathed, and out of his breath came the forming of, of our world and all the things that are in our world. And then he reached down into the ground and he formed a man. And when he formed man, the Bible says he breathed, he inspired, yes. he gave him life. And then the word of God, it says, when Paul is writing to Timothy, is inspired, it's God-breathed. So we have the God-breathed word for his God-breathed creation. Mm. Now, when man fell, we were disconnected from that inspiration. The Bible says we died spiritually. But the whole point of Jesus coming and dying for our sins is so that we can be reconciled back to the Father. When we are, we're made alive again. The Bible calls it quickened, made alive. Mm. We have his breath back in us. We're inspired again. 
So our our whole makeup craves for that inspiration. Why? Because we were spoken into existence. God breathed his spirit into us. And and that's that conscience that we have. That's that indelible mark of God's image in our life is his inspired, God-breathed forming of who we are. And that speaks to his God-breathed creation. And we have the instruction from his God-breathed word. So all of that is inspired by God. And that's why when we pull away from it, we lose meaning, we lose purpose, we lose our moral compass. Everything disintegrates into the chaos we see before us today where we don't understand anything, we don't see anything, and we're blinded spiritually. You know, Proverbs talks a lot about, uses the word path. Mm-hmm. Know, path That's right. Righteous. Uh, and we get off, if you, if you, if you uh, walk away from God, you are off your path. Mm-hmm. You're off the path of life. And I, I don't have all this. Look it up sometimes in, in Proverbs, though. And I'm not talking to you. I know you know, but... but uh, uh, God has a path for yeah. everybody, and that path is is uh, in, in instruction for the path is is the word of God mm-hmm. and and uh, and other other your your parents and so on. God uh, God says a wise man hears his father and uh, his mother also. So this bill that I've introduced, I got the idea from written on the heart and. And uh, written on the heart, the case for natural law. And in his book, the the guy who wrote it, he talks about John Locke, who mm-hmm. we talked about on the show. When John Locke was, uh, other than the Bible, which overwhelmingly the Bible was the most source uh, reference that the that uh, the most reference source that the founding fathers went to. But in terms of man. Which and all three of these men put together weren't as much as the Bible, but Blackstone, Locke, and uh, uh, Montesquieu mm-hmm. were uh, the top men that were sourced. Locke was a Brit. He wrote. He was a, a Christian uh, philosopher, theologian from England who wrote um, uh, uh, who wrote on government and God in government and so on, and uh, Locke. Was was well known, well understood by all the all the founding fathers. One thing Locke said, though, is that uh, that uh, every generation should have an oath to uh, to its culture, to its society, a hmm. society societal oath to uh, to the uh, the. Would that be like a pledge of allegiance, kind of a? The pledge of allegiance would be, uh, the pledge of allegiance would be an, an example of it. Mm-hmm. But, but even more so, he speaks of, of the the uh, written constitutions that mm-hmm. that uh, that a something declared comes up and with. and and written down and and signed off on, so to speak. Yes, and something that is that transcends the mundane. You know, something that would be of God. And um, um, so, in our culture. Uh, uh, it would be uh, the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. the Constitution, these these uh, state constitutions. Uh, do you know what percentage of the state constitutions mention God in America? Oh, it's got to be high. It's every one. Every one. Every single one. All 50 states mention God. West Virginia mentions God uh, in, in their state constitution. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he says that, uh, you know, every – when, when – uh, when kids in a culture get to a certain age, 
that they should affirm their allegiance to that culture mm-hmm. by affirming their allegiance to uh, to the the agreed upon contracts mm. that their ancestors have made. Sure. So I thought, you know, it would be a great thing if at graduation every high school senior would be required to give an oath to the Constitution. Hmm. And what what better way to become an American, to a, an American, to affirm that you are an American, to affirm that you are uh, in sync and believe the the foundational principles that we came that hmm. we uh, started with, that are the the freedom and liberty that's based hmm. on God and the Bible. Hmm. So I introduced this bill and. Uh, WSAZ, uh, Channel 3 Down. Yeah, there Charleston. are institutions that, that do say you, you need to affirm this oath to the Constitution. Like, you know, obviously people who are in a form of office, people who carry out law enforcement, people who do all kinds we of do things. All the time, we do it all the time. In, in many places, like you just said. Yeah. Right. So what do you think the pushback will be on something so like we'll this? So we'll see. I think, uh, so I got interviewed, uh, a guy from WSAZ called me, and uh, he's in the Capitol already, uh, you know, they, they hang out down there during mm-hmm. session. So he said, you know, I, I saw this bill. This is interesting. Can you do an interview? And I thought, ah, okay, I didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to. <laughs> so, so I thought this would be a good opportunity. And uh, so he said the same thing. He's, he's, he's playing games a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, is this a violation of the First Amendment? I said, how's that? How, how's it a violation of the First Amendment? Where you're oh, you're giving a, a pledge to the Constitution. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? That uh, you have to <laughs> that you're pledging the First Amendment yeah. that, and, and breaking the First Amendment by pledging the First Amendment. <laughs> okay, so uh, so you know, and and, and uh, he even made the point in one of his questions. Look, you know, we we already do this, right? We 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 give uh, we we take an allegiance to the Constitution. If mm-hmm. you become a government official yeah. or a policeman or whatever, you give uh, you pledge allegiance. To the Constitution. But don't you feel like the reason why the Pledge of Allegiance isn't um, highlighted as much anymore and something like this bill might get pushed back is because we have activism in our schools today that are trying to condition children to ignore or rewrite or reconstruct the Constitution? Oh, I think think it will get pushed back. If it starts moving, um, the term we use in Charles is if it gets legs, it's... uh, it's going to get pushed back, and I don't see, uh, <laughs> I don't see our education chairman, who's a great gal and uh, a lover of freedom. She she grew up in Venezuela, which hmm. got she ruined. saw firsthand. Yeah, yeah, so she understands firsthand. But uh, uh, the, it'll it'll be it'll, something like this would be a battle, and everyone's going to think, is it worth it get down there? You know, is it? It just you get here's the thing you get into these committee meetings and it's just a different world mm. and you know there's a you can feel it you can yeah. feel it anything that's of importance you know anything that transcends the mundane bills that we that we uh, work on every day that is that is uh, uh, you know especially something that's uh, uh, of God. Mm-hmm. Of the of scripture mm-hmm. of of uh, you know like I said trans, trans transcends the mundane it 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 will get uh, big time mm-hmm. big time fight but at the same time why not have yeah. every senior in West Virginia yeah. or in America 
Give a, give a pledge to the Constitution upon graduation. Well, when people come over here and immigrate properly from another country and they go through the process of becoming a citizen, don't they have to swear an oath to the to the Constitution? Yes, absolutely. And that's another example that uh, the, the guy that interviewed me brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they do that when they... When you uh, when you become a citizen, and the book brought this up also. I forgot the book. I'll, I'll bring it uh, next week. I'll talk more about it. But because the author of this book is a you know he that's what he does. He talks about natural law and writes books on it. And um, uh, he says it way way better than I than I do. And I forgot my notes. But uh, anyway, it's hmm. it's uh, called Written on the Heart, and it's a, a very good book on natural law. I, I learned of this book on a uh, from a, a, a biography of of John Locke written by. A, a, uh, a Christian lady who's passed hmm. away, but she was the book was endorsed by all the the big time uh, Christian um, historians David Barton, Stephen mm-hmm. McDowell, and Federer, and all uh, just a ton of Rick Green, ton of uh, endorsements. Um, and so the book mentioned this. Oh, that that sounds very good. If yeah. you title your book "Written on the Heart," you yeah. know, obviously that's a, that's a scriptural yep. a scriptural reference. So um, so we'll we'll be we'll be doing that. And uh, Lord willing, that'll that'll go somewhere, and it probably um, will. Uh, it uh, needs some work, and will be improved. Uh, but I just the raw material is there in the bill. So there's a there's a governor Yonkin Yonkin from Virginia, the new governor down yeah. there. He's uh, uh, he's uh, he's not playing games, homie. Homie, don't play <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. <laughs> my son is a, so my, funny. Uh, my army boy. Oh, by the way, I was. Uh, have I mentioned that I went to? Have we talked about that? So I went to my, my boy graduated from the army, uh, basic training, and is in. Uh, uh, he's in uh, uh, special forces training right wow. now. Wow! So well, he's got to be real excited him. to get get past that basic training. I'm sure. Yeah. So he passed basic, and then you pass infantry. It's a six month. We took him to. Uh, took him to the mall in July, and he drove down to Georgia with his crew, with the other guys that are signing up. And um, he's he's a graduate now. He's he's really doing good. We're proud of him. But we were there all all of week before last, so mm-hmm. uh, it was fun. So uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has set up a special tip line for parents to report schools that are teaching their kids divisive critical race theory how nice. about that i love how he's just handed the keys to the car to the parents again and said hey you are in charge of your children's education you keep track of it you let us know what you are finding and what you know is not supposed to be in your curriculum and yes i mean this is love that this is a, a great accountability uh, uh thing so uh the republican touted a special new quote-unquote help education and uh, the email address late mon- Monday night that he said will help enforce his first executive director directive in office banning the controversial teaching method of critical, critical race theory. That's the first hmm. executive order. So they need to get a bill because the executive yeah. orders they they uh, um, they they dissipate like uh, so much uh, mist, but. Uh, the tip line is for parents to send us any instances where they feel their fundamental rights are being violated, where their children are not being respected, and where they are inherently divisive practices in the schools, Junkin mm-hmm. told radio host John Fredericks. We're asking for input from parents to make sure— Imagine we can, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> as opposed to what's his name? He said parents shouldn't have input. Oh on man, <laughs> unbelievable! We're asking for input input from parents to make sure we can go right to the source. He noted uh, reports that a Fairfax County high school's lesson plan, including listen to this, you may have heard of this, uh, playing privilege bingo. Oh, Did you hear I about s- that? I saw yeah. that. Where children who are white oh, Christian male or from military families are all deemed privileged. So you have the uh, oppressor oppressed paradigm, as always. Uh, that's how you know it's a Marxist. Yes. All you can do is shake your head and say, This is exactly why I signed that executive order, Yunkin said. So we're asking folks to send us reports and observations that will help us be aware of things like. Privilege bingo. What kind of messed up mind comes up with privilege bingo? I mean, are you kidding me? So a guy sent me this article. I sent uh, I sent this down to do a bill mm-hmm. in West Virginia to do the same thing. Good. Um, you know, why, why not? We're going to make sure we catalog it all and that it gives us further ability in rooting it out, he said. He insisted that Virginia schools will continue to teach all history the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. That's the key. You know, that's what the God does. Yeah. You know, we all know that what that King David was a, a great, great, great yeah. king, killed Goliath, but we also know about Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's right. Well, and that's really, the, the leftists are, are not concerned with trying to protect people from um, history that might not fit a particular narrative. What they're what they're wanting to do is just completely reconstruct history. They want God out of history. They want the founding of our nation out of history. They want the conflicts that arose that point to the fact that our leadership has always been gravitating, as it's been a Christian nation, towards God, towards his word, wanting America to be founded in something that's true. They want that erased completely from it. So that's their that's their complete agenda. They want to make it sound like, hey, we don't want uh, we don't want to highlight or, or glorify uh, evil in our country. So we're gonna we're gonna recondition it. No, no, they want to recreate history into something that isn't even true about America. Yes, and 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 what revisionism is in in one aspect is is just uh, highlighting the sins of America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, just diminishing everything else, yep. you know, it's it's also it's it's uh, de- uh, deconstructing the the great men of history. Yeah, there's no longer heroes. Yeah. You know, Washington. Uh, everyone knows George Washington because his, he had wooden teeth. You know, stupid <laughs> stuff like he owned <laughs> slaves and 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 uh, that and Jefferson and all these others. And, we, and that was and that's all that they are. I know. We need to know the moral grapplings of our leadership. You learn a lot. I mean, that's the Bible is full of people who grappled morally with following God or, or getting swept away in the evil of this world. And God uses both examples to teach us lessons. Yes. He said He said everything that is written in the Old Testament, and we know there's a lot of shady stuff that went down in the Old Testament. He said all of it is written for your example. All of it is written for your admonition. Yeah. You learn from the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And the Bible doesn't glorify evil ever, mm-hmm. but it does glorify what God says is true about good and evil, mm. and it always comes to pass. And and we're losing touch with that in our culture. And what's so funny is they think they're doing it for our protection. They're like, this is for you. Hey, we know what's best for you. We know what you can handle and what you can't handle. And so we're going to tear down these statues and erase this thing because if we let these things up, it means that we're going to go in that direction. It doesn't mean that at all. History, the story of history tells us that evil destroys. And if we'll just look at it and learn from it, 
you know, we'll be a lot better than we are now. And and mankind forever, anyone that reads history or understands human nature, mankind forever has been uh, has been evil. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not all of mankind, but we're born with a fallen nature. So there is not going to be any graduation from from that state until Jesus comes back. But I truly, I truly think that the left actually believes not just in a um, biological evolution. I think they believe that we can actually evolve morally on our own. Oh, like, I think like, so. like we progress into gods. I think uh, they really think oh, that. I, I think that definitely. You, you, if you watch like this transhumanism, I don't know if you watch yeah. that. But, uh, you know, a man be- becoming part machine. I think that yeah. is uh, a, a, a blatant search for immortality. I you know, what 100% else? agree. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's our out. Everybody, no, no one wants to die. And, I agree. And the godless or the wicked, um, they they hate God and don't want – God is not in all mm-hmm. their thoughts. Uh, and they're looking for a way out. They're looking for that um, – uh, What's the 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 the, the, okay. youth, the the eternal youth? Yeah. What was the pool? The the pool they, they yeah, went like, on search for, uh, but uh, they, they want eternal life. They want immortality. And they don't want a hey. God's way. Oh, definitely not that. And, it's so pathetic. It's so it's so hideous. It is. And and the thing is, is I, I I'm a big fan of Francis Schaeffer. I've I've read um, a lot of his works on Western civilization yeah. and culture, and uh, he always tells us that art reflects really the morality and the intentions and the direction of a culture, you know, that always comes out in their art. And I was reading an article um, here a few months back and it was highlighting all of the different movies and novels that depicted kind of this moral and biological evolution of man, machine, uh, artificial intelligence. I mean, the number of movies, you know, uh, prolific ones like the Matrix series is, yeah. or, or um, you know, I think there was some that some movie that was being referenced where a man was even having a um, uh, emotional relationship with a a female kind of computer or something like that, and mm. and I really believe that mankind feels like. We are through medicine, through technology, through all, you know, these efforts of, of secular humanism that we are going to achieve a God-like status. It's kind of like the modern day Tower of Babel, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. we're all coming together around this evolution of, of technology and, yeah. wi- you know, manly wisdom, and we're going we're gonna to achieve the divine, essentially. Yeah, I think, they, I think that mankind is, is, is definitely... Just investing their hope in, in technology for immortality, and and uh, they they're certainly not interested in having God around in this utopia yeah. that they are uh, conceiving in their uh, degenerate minds. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, they just need the Lord. My goodness, yeah. you know, if you have the Lord, you don't get pulled away into that foolishness. Mm-hmm. All right, we're out of time for this segment. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about the collapse of the family. And uh, this will be very interesting. It'll be discouraging in some ways, but uh, it'll be uh, illustrative, enlightening, and uh, uh, we'll just see that uh, what we need, how, how badly we need the Lord mm-hmm. in our culture and in our, uh, our families. You're listening to The Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger and Brian Leversey. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show, folks. 
So glad you're out there listening. Well, we appreciate it very much. This is Mike Azinger, and uh, I've got my co-host, Brian Leversey, pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church. And we're back in the saddle after a couple of weeks away. Feels good. Yep. Riding strong. <laughs> I, I miss it. I need some, uh, I need a microphone. It's an outlet, isn't it's it? It's just like, thank you, God, for mm-hmm. a place to just uh, spout off and, <laughs> and uh, unload and uh, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so uh, we haven't been able to, to be in the studio for like a couple of weeks. I, I'm out of town now and in, uh, in session. Uh, session uh, started in Charleston, goes from... Uh, like the first couple of weeks in January to the first couple of weeks in March, it's sixty days. By the const- by the state constitution says that it has to go sixty days. Don't meet on Sundays. It says. Is it hard to get everything done you want to in the sixty days? Even. Um, by the sixtieth day, everybody is ready to go. I'm sure they're ready. Good- goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, there's a couple thousand bills that get introduced every session. And uh, probably a couple hundred to get passed. Mm. So ninety percent of the bills don't make it, and um, a large a, a large percentage of those are mine because <laughs> <laughs> mine are out there. <laughs> so I'm doing, we talked last last uh, segment about the bill I'm, uh, I introduced about um, uh, high school seniors taking an oath to the Constitution to graduate, mm. and then. Um, so that'll be a tough one. And then uh, the, the, the bill that Youngkin introduced about um, um, a, a call line for parents to call if they think there's critical race theory in the classroom. Um, anyway, so now we got intellectual takeout. If you're on Facebook, you need to get this in your Facebook feed, intellectual takeout. They just – they write stuff that nobody else writes. It's fantastic. It's so unique. And they, they hit the nail right on the head. Oh, on, on so many things. Everything. Yeah. Um, so this article, it's a couple years old, but it's just as true. I'm, and, and there'll be some numbers I'm going to give you. I'm sure that in the numbers, they can't have changed much because mm. nothing's changed in this area. So I'm going to just kind of read through this, and then we'll get to some data. Um, and um, I, I hate to keep talking about myself in terms of the uh, uh, in terms of the, the legislature but I'm I, a couple of us uh, are going to um, write a resolution a resolution is not a bill it's just a statement that this is what we think this is you know lots of resolutions so there was a re- resolution on uh, uh, women and girls that they did on Friday and I thought you know what we need a resolution on uh, boys and men mm. you know and this article explains exactly why systemic racism or the collapse of the family. So this is this is uh, uh, by a guy named Chuck Chalberg. I don't know him. Those on the left and right have very different, quote unquote, what's wrong with American narratives, especially on the subject of race. The left presumes the pervasiveness of white racism. The right does not. For all, for those on the left, America has always been and remains a racist society. Those on the right can see that there are individual racists, white and black, but they do not concede that ours is a racist society. To be sure, those on the left are generally politic enough to put the word quote-unquote white directly before the word racism. Instead, they refer to white privilege or white or uh, systemic 
racism. Hmm. While the terms are similar, the campaigns against them are not. One is somewhat subtle. The other is not. The first is grounded in shame and combated with propaganda. That would be uh, critical race theory or critical theory. The second calls upon more direct powers of government. The first seeks to make white people aware of their quote-unquote privilege and hence ashamed of and certainly embarrassed by their unwarranted and unearned status. Systemic racism is another matter entirely. Since racism is built into the structure of society, that's what the Marxists say, it must be rooted out by governmental action. This requires keeping the left in power. Remove from them, uh, remove them from control of government and racism, white racism that is, will come roaring back in full force, or so those of those on the, le- the uh, left believe and want everyone else to believe. This mistaken belief is especially powerful in the age of Trump. Now, keep in mind this is uh, this article is written during Trump's presidency. Mm-hmm. For the left. Examples of systemic racism abound. Generally, they fall under headings of disparate impact. If the percentage of black arrests or prisoners or of black student suspensions is disproportionate to the black percentages of the general population or of the school, systemic racism must be the reason. But is it? Wouldn't it be more meaningful, not to mention more honest, to base these percentages on the number of offenses rather than the number of hmm. people of a certain race relative to the, to the uh, total population. Curiously, one disparate impact is ignored by the left. It's the percentage of black babies who are aborted. Wow. Watch this, Pastor. The percentage of black babies who are aborted. Since blacks are roughly 13% of the population, one would think that the left would be up in arms over the fact that, listen to this, more than 30% of all black babies are aborted. Wow. Unbelievable. More than 30%. Why the silence? Might it be that for the left, feminism trumps race? Mm. Or perhaps the silence is actually evidence of a brand of systemic racism that the left doesn't want to talk about or maybe even think about. Of course, most black women choose to keep their babies. Unfortunately, statistics show that too many of those babies do not have fathers on any ongoing basis. Hmm. Actually, too many children, period, do not have in-the-home fathers these days. School districts across, across the country are dealing with the consequences of absent fathers every day. Hmm. The picture is not a pretty one, especially in large urban school districts where Violent and otherwise troubling uh, incidents all too often do have a racial component. Now, that uh, the article goes on, and, and uh, we're getting close to running out of time here, but here's some numbers I'm going to shoot at you, yeah. Pastor. Watch this. Married fathers, um, a warning. Married fathers, an endangered species. Mm-hmm. So this is up to 2017, so it's a couple years old, but this is the same right now, I guarantee it. A record four of every 10 babies are born to unmarried women. New federal figures show among blacks, this unweighed birth rate rose to, let me just give you these. Let me just go from the chart. So in 1930, uh, the number of uh, children born to unwed women, all right, so uh, 1929 actually, um, white folks, it was uh, 3%. Uh, uh, 
there's Hispanic, there's no data, black folks. It was even back then. It was it was fifteen percent. Mm. I mean, that's high. But uh, now, what is it now? So for uh, unwed um, uh, children born to unwed women, no dad, no dad in the home. Okay, children born no dad. Let's say that whites. Twenty-eight point six percent. Wow, that's 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 staggering. It is Hispanic, fifty-two point five percent. Wow, black, uh, the black family, seventy-two point three percent. So the average, put those together in a blender and come out with an average uh, of white, black, and Hispanic, forty percent. Almost half of the children in America grow up without a father in their home. Now, they might have a father involved in their lives. I've got divorced friends who, um, you know, they're they're divorced, and that's not good, obviously, but they they make it a a point to uh, be involved in their kids' lives, Mm -hmm. and that's not as good as being married and staying in the home, obviously. But they they are fathers to their kids Mm -hmm. still. And uh, but but so many of these forty percent, uh, you know, they they don't see their their dads. They only see them on weekends. Um, they don't go home to their dad every night. Right. They might go home to a stepdad who isn't their dad. Somebody else other than their dad is raising them. I don't care what anybody says. That's a gaping hole in anybody's life, and, and it, it it would be regardless of the reason why the father isn't there. That's yes. a loss. That's yeah. why when somebody passes away, it's a it's a loss. You feel that. Lack of presence there yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, I told you the story about um, uh, when I had my radio show in, in – uh, I was actually in the Chicago area, outside of Chicago. But but I would listen to uh, another radio show a lot too called Moody, Moody Bible, mm-hmm. which you I'm sure you know. But the radio show in Chicago has been there for, I don't know, 100 yeah. years, forever. It's, it's just a, a mainstay there. And it was it was uh, Father's Day time, right before Father's Day, and and whoever's show it was, I forget his name. Um, he was a famous author. He had a regular show on Moody, young guy, Chris something. He wrote a series that you would know, but he had a black pastor on, <coughs> uh, and they were talking about the home, and they were talking about they were talking about specifically the black community. In all all these big cities, mm-hmm. everywhere across the country, you know, you got seventy two point three percent of these black black little kids with no dad. And the pastor said, you know, Father's Day is a time of the of the year where there's a lot of daddy ache, mm-hmm. a lot of daddy ache. Every single boy or girl born without a daddy in the home has daddy ache. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Yep. The glory of the children is the father. Mm. The glory, daddy's home. Mm. I was. Uh, I've told this story on the show before too. I was. I was. I had a. I had a Sunday school class uh, in that, that same area, and uh, we we would visit office office often in uh, either the, sh- uh, the Chicago ex exurbs, so mm-hmm. but not in the uh, not in the core of Chicago, but the out, outer area. But we were in an area that was a, it was, it was a, uh, and, and let's just talk about this stuff without mm-hmm. worrying about political correctness. We were in a, a black area mm-hmm. where you have 72.3% of these little kids, these little babies, 
these little boys and girls, no daddy. And uh, I was visiting with a with a guy who had been a missionary to uh, a country in Africa. I forget mm-hmm. which. But he it was kind of a quiet. He's a quiet guy. And we were driving along. He looked out the window, you know, and he said, "You're looking at whole communities with no daddy, no glory, yeah, no glory. The glory of the children is the father." Mm. And this is, uh, this is the problem. So I'm going to, uh, a couple of friends of mine and I are going to, um, we're going to have a resolution that, uh, that, and it won't do much, but it'll be a statement mm-hmm. that cut the garbage about uh, destroying the man. On yeah. TV, everywhere in media, media, the man is the fool. Cut the garbage, cut that mm-hmm. garbage out. And men, we need to stay married to our wives. And we need mm. to keep our family intact. Yep. And mom and dad in the home with the babies. And uh, Lord help us to do it. So, That's right. All right. We're going to do our fourth segment on etiquette. So, folks uh, out there, sit up straight. <laughs> put your napkin on your lap. Get up and open that door for your gal. And we'll be right back and give you even more uh, more intrusive <laughs> commandments. <laughs> this is the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, Mike Asinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey. And this is the etiquette sex, uh, segment, folks. Everybody's been waiting for this Everyone one. has been uh, on the edge of their seat. Which I don't know if that's good etiquette or not. Is sitting on the edge of your seat good? Sometimes. I had this horrible habit. In church, do you like people sitting on the edge of I your seat? I want them, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. And then down the altar. <laughs> I used to always get shit out for leaning back in my chair. Like, you know, on the on the back legs. Yeah. I've always been that kind of person where you, you, you recline it a little bit on the back legs. Yeah, yeah. You know, teachers are like, hey, you're going to break this. Like, you get... That, that was not good etiquette, but yeah. it was always comfortable. I'm glad that uh, – so you needed to have the etiquette section. I did. A segment of our – Where were show. you? I don't know. <laughs> I was probably leaning back in my chair somewhere. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do the mechan- <laughs> the mechanics of the man hug. My goodness. So I think that this is out of the book, The Art of Manliness. <laughs> so I think the man hug came along with uh, Bill Clinton. He was hugging on. He'd hug on. I think that's. I think it's yeah. a postmodern thing. Might be. Okay. So here we go. When to hug? Women hug after their friend returns from the bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Isn't it? Men uh, ration their hugs, doling them out only on certain occasion occasions, like when you haven't seen a friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. When a friend shares a bit of good news, such as uh, their wife's pregnant, something like that, mm. you know, big deal. Uh, the celebration of a beloved sports team's victory, <laughs> right? That's a legitimate man hug time. Uh, hey, do I, those chest bump things count as a man hug? There's nothing in here. No, I, because that's a ba- that's a that's a bounce. Okay, a bump. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, they yeah. would be kind of antithetical to the whole man hug paradigm. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. So. Um, can I go on now? Please, please go on. <laughs> <laughs> we will look in the book for chest bump, though. I don't know if it's in here or not. Uh, okay, how to <laughs> – this is absurd. How to perform <laughs> the international man hug. So this isn't just an American man wow. hug. This is inter- – you can do this in France, I can travel now. Bulgaria, wherever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number one, stand face to face. I'm already uncomfortable. No side hugs. Side hugging in which one arm or 
Uh, heaven forbid both arms are wrapped around the shoulders or torso, torso and the head and cheek are pressed together. Oh. It's never appropriate. Yeah. <coughs> Agreed. Oh, man. Strong agreement. It's got me coughing. All right, number two. Spread your arms wide to announce your intention of moving in for the hug. <laughs> you folks writing this down. This uh, allows your friend to prepare himself. Oh, man, here it comes. And raise his arms in turn. Oh. You don't want to catch him off guard and or end up bending his, <laughs> his arms to his side. Yeah. Number three, commence the hug. Don't linger too long. <laughs> Just a couple of seconds will do. Don't I, lean your head into your friend's head or neck. Yes. I, I do agree. If you're going to go for it, go for it. Don't make it awkward. Don't make it weird. Yeah, just, just <laughs> do the man hug thing. Man. All right, hold on. There might be more. Number four. Yeah, there's more. Two more. Pat your friend on the back with an open hand or closed fist. That means, hey, this is a man thing yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Pat on the back. Whap. <laughs> Number five, release the hug. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most important aspect of the man hug. That's kind of like those uh, absurd obstru- instructions they put on various. Uh, How to cook a pop tart? Uh, yeah, don't don't put hand on stove. That type of thing. <laughs> Pl- uh, release the hug. Pull your hands and arms briskly away, as to avoid <laughs> avoid the impression that. You are caressing your friend as you ex- exit the <laughs> oh, impression. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Ooh. The art of manliness. Wow. I'm telling you. Would you would you say don't even go for it if you don't have these rules down? Oh, I like don't the, even go for it. Yeah. The, how many man hugs have I done in my life? You know, Ugh. we could probably count them on a couple of hands. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, there's a time. There is a time. In all seriousness. Yeah, like the Old Testament, Jesus. Absolutely. Embraced one another. Yeah. yeah, With a holy kiss. Yes. And and, and that's good. It is. Because mankind needs, even men, you know, we need that. We talked about the father issue. I mean, there there are a lot of men, I think, that that really hunger for a connection that, that transcends maybe even, you know, just the status of the pecking order of my my circle of friends or whatever i think that there is room for that kind of brotherly love like the bible talks about yes. all the time well i think that if if uh uh you know if the bible does command you know give mm-hmm. you know give a a, yeah. a, a a kiss to a, a your what, what's the the verse i forget how it goes yeah, greet one oh, another with the, a holy kiss, well, the holy kiss. Yeah. there you go and and that's an eastern thing americans yeah. don't do that no but we, you know, men need that camaraderie, right. that affection, that uh, wrestling. You know, right. boys need to grow up wrestling yep. because that's 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 part of a boy's. Need. I, I had two brothers; we wrestled all the time. Yeah. They were younger than I. I won <laughs> all the time. But um, so anyway, that uh, I think there's there's nothing wrong with it. I think God's in it, and uh, I think we're out of time. Good. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And Lord willing, we'll be back on next week. Have a great day.